This is season one, episode two of Imagining That Which Does Not Yet Exist. And this one is called Liminal Space. And in this episode, we're going to explore that threshold space that exists after you leave one thing, but the new thing hasn't begun yet. So after the death, but it's, it's before the rebirth. It could be a job, a worldview, a relationship, a role, a view of God, or a pandemic. And we talk about the reality that there isn't a lot of guidance for spaces like these in our lives, and yet we all go through them. So Jen and I are going to share about our own massive liminal space of the last six months and then offer things we've seen and learned along the way. Also, we've dropped this season all at once, and we're offering transformative experiences in California based on these podcasts in Orange County, Oceanside, and Santa Cruz. So check it out. Yeah, we'd love for you to join us. And for more about what we're up to, if you want to register for these experiences, you can check out our website. It's philandjenwood.com. And there you can register for several experiences that we're putting on this fall. Not only the reimagining experience that's based on the season, but also we're doing a four-week workshop on how to read the Bible. That's going to be in Costa Mesa. And we have a two-day marriage renaissance experience in early November that we'd love for you to be a part of. All right. So let's get to it. After we stepped out of the church that we were leading, we entered into this major liminal space where the old thing was done, but the new thing hadn't started yet. And we left for Hawaii. We actually um, spent a month there just playing and resting. And we purposely decided that we were going to take some space just to kind of get filled up. Yeah, I mean, we actually we purposefully stepped into this whole season that way where we decided that we weren't going to, like we knew that the old season had come to a close and we knew that we had to keep going and that we were just being led forward into the next thing, but we weren't sure what the thing was. And we purposely didn't pursue that while we were there. We felt like there was this, this need to actually wrap that up and then step into this kind of unknown. We hadn't taken a job. Um, we wanted rest. We needed some space really discern what was what was next and how we were going to do it. We wanted to start from a place of like rest and like centered sort of wholeness. And it gave us a space to put everything on the table. Yeah. Which is a weird experience, yeah. but you're like for us, we've put things on the table before, but never like the entirety of our lives. <laughs> yeah. And that was at yeah. 40 and 41 years old, man, to put like, where you live, what you do, what school your kids are going to go to, what what city you live in, what house you live in, like essentially like evaluating how we hold everything, mm-hmm. our pace in our life, yeah, what we want to give ourselves to, um, which I mean that was like we we actually listed our house for sale right when we got home from Hawaii, um, and we were planning to move to a city. We were exploring moving to a city. Um, like an hour away that we just found a lot of life in geographically and where it, it was like this kind of like endless amount of input from people. And it was like, it was a wild sort of experience to put everything on the table simultaneously with your kids going through it. Um, and there was a point when it just didn't feel right that we weren't, this, it, it wasn't the time we weren't supposed to move, that we just love our community. And we like, we listened to that Um yeah, which I think we should almost do another podcast just on that alone. Like, how do you know when it's time to do something? Yeah, you know? like, like, how do you know that? How that do you knowing listen to it, that inner like, knowing or the spirit or whatever you want to call that? Even that, like, how you hold it thing, that yeah. would be an interesting thing. Um, absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah, we had all these mentors and therapists coaching us too in this time because we were getting so antsy. Like we said, yeah, we were going to take this time to rest and to, to really get filled up. But then I think, you know, a month or two into it, we're kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> like you're really getting, we're such like activator achiever type personalities. We're like, all right, let's, this is good. Ooh, let's, right. good. let's wrap this up and get started on the next work. <laughs> think, and, yeah. <laughs> but they kept saying, no, you need to lean into this space, into this liminal season that you're in. And that the work that you're doing in this season is actually going to shape the work that you're going to do in the future. And it's actually the most important thing. It's shaping who you're becoming. And, um, so with a lot of uh, encouragement and uh, <laughs> reminders. And guidance. Yeah, that's really what we've done in this last season. And I have to say, it's made all the difference. Because we've been in liminal spaces before. We've been in transitionary in-between seasons before. But I can't say that we've leaned into it in the same way that we have in this season. And I mean, we really have allowed ourselves to feel all the feelings of this space. And just to go there, to be uncomfortable and Man, it's been the most shaping time ever of our lives. I mean, I can say that we are not the same people that we were, you know, five months ago. Not even, right? No. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, different universe of existence. I mean, it was weird because it felt like it's like we're it's like we're growing at like every level, <laughs> sort of simultaneously. Yeah. And and like we have all the like all the stressors at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think we ticked off <laughs> like nine out of 10 major life stressors that you typically don't want to take on at the same time. We just, we left one, we left a tithe on the table. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was even weird though. We went on a road trip at one point because um, our kids were in like the cloud system at the school so that we could just be mobile. Which is like the distance learning program. Agile. And we decided kind of on a whim that we were going to do a long road trip all the way up to Olympic National Park. No, it was absolutely on a whim. It was like two days before. <laughs> we had nothing booked decided, or planned. Hey, let's drive to Canada. <laughs> and then we found out the day before, like, oh, you can't get into Canada. We'll, we'll just stay well, at we'll Olympic just, we'll National Park. We'll just go Park. as far as we can. <laughs> um, it was one of those things. And then we had this fun adventure. Kids were doing school in the car on the way up. And we got the little hotspot and... Um, challenging i mean that part wasn't fun let's be honest one of our sons missing (laughs) guitar and so he's like guys be quiet and all of a sudden he's just like doing guitar (laughs) class on his computer in the car while we're driving and and it but like also amazing that we could do that it was so what world do we live in it's amazing oh i mean we stopped at all the skate parks and all the major cities on the way up and the kids just started pushing themselves and then we went surfing in oregon and i remember pulling up to the beach at this one spot in oregon to surf and um, there's one guy in the parking lot, which we were so excited about. It's freezing and rainy. And we run up and ask the guy the one question, like, hey, is it Sharky here? And he looks at us and he's like, absolutely, it's Sharky here. He's like, but we don't talk about it in the parking lot, man. Certainly not right before we all paddle out. And we just like stayed on that guy's hip the whole time, like as close to him as we could. Um, I think he was just trying to keep his spot local, but maybe yeah, that's just me. Maybe. Either way, I know I have a fear of sharks. That, that was affirmed in that moment. Um, but, but, but even on the way back, like the weirdness of that space, we stopped at our friend's house, um, in Santa Cruz and we were just going to stay for a couple of days and then head home. And they're like, why don't you just stay for the week? Yeah. And we had no excuse. We were like, like uh, we um, couldn't be like, we have to be here or do this or that. Yeah. We literally had nothing to it's do. It's the weirdest time when <laughs> the pace we've lived at for so many years was suddenly just like, yeah, we'll stay a week. Why not? It's the weirdest, coolest time most disorienting 
also most disorienting and difficult. Yeah. And then you went to El Salvador for a friend's birthday and we had this crazy experience where you were on a trip and I was home with the kids and it was like we both had this kind of simultaneous experience, but yet separate, where we both realized that we were supposed to stay and not move. And that was that was really interesting. It was like we took everything kind of and just put it all um, on the table. And then it was like slowly we were able to kind of like, or maybe we took it off the table, however you want to put it, <laughs> slowly able to like put things back on. Like, oh no, we're going to actually stay. And it's like, we've talked about this again and again, but it was like, steps were have been slowly revealed to us but there's a lot of still unknowns well, some steps us, you know? were like let's test that out like no that doesn't feel right or let's take a half step or no that doesn't yeah. feel right or we should do this and it was this yeah we started calling it the pivot like every time <laughs> we'd be like well that's oh that didn't work well pivot <laughs> but it but it did feel like a deep soul knowing when mm. it would be collective between the two of us I'm like okay yeah we're was... not so we're supposed we this group of friends, this community, this time, this like this is where we're supposed to be right now for yeah. what's next. And it was just, it was kind of following that a step at a time. Even as we started stepping into this new work that we're doing, it was the same thing. It was like, yeah. oh, it's, it's time to start doing this and it's time to start doing that and let's take some steps. And like, we're still in this. Yeah. I mean, this is real time. Yeah. So this is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this thing, liminal space. And this is, we are, again, real time living this out right now because we haven't put it all you know we don't know exactly what our future is holding we're still kind of in it but what is liminal space i think we should well yeah define that's, it. i mean that's what this episode's about liminal space um the in-between so there's a professor of islamic studies at fuller seminary his name is jose abraham and he defines liminal like this he says the term liminality originates from the latin lemon which means threshold which refers to being in an in-between space or on like a threshold between an old or a new stage of growth or change. And he essentially says that uh, the idea of liminality has its roots in this anthropologist Arnold Van Gennep's study of ancient societies, rites of passages. And um, like it, it was this understanding of liminality as an individual's transitional state between two conditions of like the old into the new, whether it's some sort of growth or some sort of change that's happening. And when you're in that in-between space, you've left one phase of life, but you haven't yet arrived at a new stage of growth or life or maturity. And you really are in this strange, like in-between. Yeah, he quotes this guy, Paul Tournier, and it's he says it's like that time when a trapeze artist lets go of the bar and they're hanging midair. And it's like that moment where everybody holds their breath and then they're ready to catch another one and support. And it's that time of danger, expectation, uncertainty, excitement of extraordinary aliveness. And when I read that quote, I was like, yes, that's it. Like, that's exactly what we've experienced in this time. I mean, it's both super scary. And also, I think we feel the most alive that we've felt in decades, <laughs> not, yeah. not even years. Yeah. yeah. He says, um, the the author goes on to say that liminality is a state of unsettling, dis dis orientation and ambiguity ambiguity where um, you can't go back to where you were before even though it's this familiar world which is defined by you know the normal boundaries and norms that you're used to but at the same time you're, when you're inhibiting a liminal space you can't integrate into the new world yet it's this unknown territory where there's unfamiliar boundaries and untrodden paths and i just think of it as like 
it's like you can't go back to life as it once was, and yet life ahead cannot yet be envisioned. Which, I mean, as we're talking about imagining that which does not yet exist in the season, um, if we are going to step into a new space, into a new world, into a new thing, um, understanding and embracing liminality is, is like central if you want to keep going. It's at the center because you don't just like step from one into the next. It's liminality always exists and you have to understand what it's like to go into those spaces because often we don't have the tools for that or even the understanding and it can feel so disorienting, but it's actually a critical part of growth and transformation and, and change. Yeah. So you could be in liminal space when somebody who you love passes away, um, when you're in the midst of a divorce or a breakup or you have a change of job. Or even like a marriage or like a change into a new relationship. Yeah. Um, I think pregnancy is a great example of that because, I mean, man, nine months of, you know your life, you're not going back. Things are going to change and you know it's coming. But also you don't have this baby in your arms yet. Yeah. Escrow, um, similar. Yeah. House, but you have this like period of, of time before like the, the deal finalizes. Yeah, or like when you grow internally or your political views change or you just learn new truths. Um, I mean, it can be a faith thing as well. I mean, it, it, it can encompass all the different stages of your life, whether it's mental or even like, like learning a new understanding in this last season of um, systemic racism that exists mm -hmm. in America. And for a lot of people, that's like a giant, whoa, relearning and, and new or thing. Or learning for the first time. Oh Yeah, well, relearning Awakening. history. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or like it can be a faith thing where your faith evolves and suddenly you don't see it the way you did and you don't hold it the way you did. And it's a weird thing. Or even like you kind of transcend a system that you were a part of, whether it's like an organization or whether it's, um, and, and that can be related to faith or politics or education or, or like work or, or anything. I mean, sometimes you can even outgrow friends or mentors or like um, you were describing it like just pretty much like your senior year in high school as a whole. <laughs> yeah, like I just picture like maybe you got into some college and you know you're you're going to move away. And it's that time where you're kind of in that weird in between. And, and I don't know, my senior year of high school, I was just so ready to get out of there. It's like I, I knew something new was coming, but yet. It wasn't here yet. And I think right now, the entire world is in this collective liminal space. I mean, obviously because of this pandemic, but. I think it's even more than that though, because we've been talking about this larger kind of great transformation that I think is happening in the world um, that we're getting front row seats to. I think there's like a, it sounds funny, but I think it's like a cosmic scale liminality going on right now. I think, I think there's a huge, shift and as i talk to a lot of people about it they're like well, phil just likes to use really extreme words i but, do but, but it sounds good but, but when you talk like to people <laughs> they go yeah but i don't get it like there's a new form okay what what is that hmm. i don't know yeah. and then it, it isn't very concrete but i think there's a, a massive kind of liminality happening yeah that's why we don't get it because it's <laughs> a liminals because we don't know what's exactly coming we don't know that's the whole thing and so what we want to do right now is we just want to kind of I mean, because we're still in this, but we want to just share what we're experiencing and seeing and learning through this and then hopefully just give some words to it and normalize what we're all going through on some level right now. So what are we seeing? Um, yeah, I, I, I like that framework. This is just the things that we personally yeah. experienced, are experiencing, are seeing and learning because I think 
again, I, I think there's not like a, there's not a lot of tools or mm. sort of guides through that space. And um, sometimes you'll find one and you're like, yeah, you like, I, I personally have latched onto people that know those roads because um, it's so helpful. And so I, we, we just want to share some of the, the things we're right now, real time experiencing and, and learning. And I think one is it's just, it's not a fun place. <laughs> but maybe it's not a good although, place to start. Although I feel like it is now, but in the beginning, yeah. it was not. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. When you get, we're having a lot of fun right now. What but you, what you give up? Yes, <laughs> surrender. And you get comfortable with it. That, yeah. It becomes fun, but at first, it's like feels very unstable because there's so much unknown, especially with the amount of liminality that we took on at the same time. Which probably isn't a good way to say it because I don't think you can like choose to step into a liminal space. You kind of die into it. But mm -hmm. the number of things we died into at the same time, um. Man, it was a lot of unknown, and it, I think it's really normal for it to feel hard or yeah. that way. And it always, in our experience, pretty much always, lasts longer than you think it will. Like I said, like we, I think a month or two in, we're like, okay, cool, yeah, we're done with this now. <laughs> but I think that we still had some more things to do, like some more growing to do and, and processing and learning. And yeah, my, so my friend it doesn't Ke quite work like that. Kevin... <laughs> Our friend Kevin Sweeney in Hawaii went on a sabbatical way back in 2016. And he said that we told him, hey, man, we're going to like take some space and we just need some alone time because we need to rest in this in-between season. And he claims that the next morning at like 8, I texted him. I'm like, okay, we're good. Meet you at the beach. <laughs> yeah, basically. He always teases me about this. Um, yeah, we like to move fast, but it just lasts longer. And, and, and it's often, I think it's harder than you think it's going to be because it's... It's hard to be patient. It's hard to stay present and not dwell on the way things were or the past or on the future of what's going to be. It's just really hard to be present to yourself and to the moment in the midst of an unknown space. Yeah. I mean, how many of us experienced that in the pandemic of just like, I think in the beginning, most of us were just like, okay, when's it going to go back to the way it was? And then there was this gradual kind of surrendering. It took people different. <laughs> Everyone did it at their own pace. But then it was like, okay, now how do we be present to our kids in this moment? How do we be present to our spouses and our friends and our family and like not just waste this moment? You know, I think it was, it was, if you go back and even almost watch like the, the chatter about it, you know, I'm sure you could like trace that, that process that people had. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to stay in it. Yeah. Because there's a grief involved because even when it's a good change that's happen happening, you're always losing something. Even if it was a good thing, you're losing something with change, right? And But you're always gaining something. And that's the thing. You have to be honest with yourself about the grief that's involved, even if there's something great that you're stepping into. Yeah. And um, I think, too, like the grief like cycle, I think a liminal cycle is not linear. Yeah. It's just not a, like a linear. It's not like a straight path. No, oh. it's 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 a, it's a strange thing where you like take one step forward and then a half step back or two steps forward and then three steps back. Like it's like a weird. And it's not even like a straight line. Like it's all. I feel like I, I picture it more like this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pointing like a tree or something. <laughs> like um, I take the boys surfing. Well, this has been a few months ago, and we went to um, Upper Trestles, 
And so we rode our bikes down. It was really fun. But when we hit the water, it was that springtime where there's just a bunch of fog on the beach. And when we got down to the beach, like there was like a wall of fog that we were entering into, but it was offshore a little bit and it wasn't quite at the beach yet. And we all paddled out and we're like, it's kind of creepy. And then all of a sudden, like you see the fog like rushing in and it rushed in so fast and hard, like down the beach that it hit you like a wave of like hot, thick, wet air, where it's almost hard to breathe a little bit. Like we all started coughing. It's weird. weird. It felt like Pirates of the Caribbean or something. But like, it was so foggy that you couldn't see like 10 feet away to the point where there's people that were a little further outside of you catching waves and they would yell because you couldn't see. They'd be like, wave! And then everyone was like helping each other out. It was scary to catch a wave because you didn't want to run somebody over. And then all of a sudden it would like thin out a little bit and you could see, you know, 20 yards. And then like a a clear patch blew through because the fog was moving quickly and it was crystal clear for like a hundred yard circle. And all of a sudden we're all laughing and surfing, but you're surrounded like you're in the eye of the storm or something. And then like, boom, the fog hit again. And it was Mm. this ongoing, like in and out of the clarity, in and out of the clarity. And it's, it's almost like that. Like it just, you're coming in and out at different places. And um, yeah, you can't, you mean you can't see super clearly when you're in a liminal space. Yeah. Exactly. Where you're at or even where you're going, which is obviously what makes it, liminal which i think that metaphor of somebody yelling from the outside like there's a wave that's actually really helpful because i think that's where like i was joking about kevin but man kevin knows how to traverse liminal spaces that that dude's a mystic and he's been so helpful through a liminal space as a friend kevin and christine sweeney in hawaii where it's just like close friends mentors um trusted close people that can be super helpful if they've walked the path before i mean i I had mentor who would call me almost every day for months through this thing and it was like we were having one long conversation that never stopped and it never started and it would just be like the phone would ring and i would answer it and my friend would would just he would greet me with take a deep breath right now it's like he knew exactly where i was at he's like breathe in breathe out and it was like a two-minute conversation and he would just hang up or he'd call and be like i have a mental picture for you right now that i want you to think about like it was the most hilarious three four-month conversation um of just like texts and and check-ins and phone calls um yeah it was beautiful here's a book you should be reading or here's like a a box with a bottle of champagne in it that when you get to this point in the journey you should celebrate with and it was just like ah it's like somebody's walked this path if, if those people are in your life, it can be so helpful to guide you. But the reality is nobody can walk it for you. Yeah, it's true. Which means it's something you just got to walk yourself out. Yeah, which I think keeps you humble. You know, I think that the liminal spaces are those spaces that really show you your need for other people in your life like that, like mentors and good friends. I mean, our good friends, we had like three or four people that were calling us like every day and those calls and texts in that time period mattered so much and it also kind of shows you your need for god like i mean it's that reminder that we are not the ones in control and it exposes that truth that i think we usually hide from that we think we're in control and yeah i think if you're not being intentional you can end up feeling really insecure in that space yeah because you know you can't control what's going on yeah Leaves you feeling kind of exposed, you know? (laughs) Which is really just, I think liminal space highlights what's always true. (laughs) That you're not in control. Yeah. Um, Which is beautiful and and also scary if you're really good at masking that to yourself. Um, Mm. We've talked a lot about it 
over these months is like like from like the perspective of the Christian tradition and the scriptures and the story of Jesus um, as that time between death and resurrection. Um, if you think about Jesus' story, it's this three-day sort of period where he dies, his followers all freak out and they're scared and confused. Then he rises again, you know, and blows all their minds, obviously, um, on Easter Sunday. Um, but there's this crazy space in between where none of it made sense. It wasn't what they thought they were going to be. And even what was next wasn't what they thought it was going to be, but it was awesome. Mm. Or then Jesus immediately turns and does it to them. Like immediately, he's like, I'm going to go now and the spirit's going to come, but you got to wait for the spirit to come. And they have to wait 50 days where they're like hiding out in this upper room, scared they're going to get killed themselves. And like Jesus, he like pulled them out of liminal and then threw them right back into it. Which is funny because it's that's like it's it is the journey, and no one likes that time between because it's awkward. Everybody wants to like resurrection, but like it fully requires that death and that yeah. um, that weight and that in between awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah, I think for us this time, I think because we had so many people continually <laughs> reminding us to do it we really leaned in like i said to the feelings that we were feeling and for us i'd say that made all the difference i mean instead of just resisting the process i think we really embraced it this season um and it hasn't been easy but man it's it really has made all the difference yeah. um and something just practically i think <laughs> i just found that when things and and maybe this is like really obvious but for me i just found this really helpful but in this last season when things felt so out of control i found that doing things that i could control like little things like just something i could see a difference in like um cleaning out our our cabinets and like cleaning out the garage and we we actually went through all of our pretty much house and granted we thought we were maybe moving so we were trying to like what do we need what do we not need let's get rid of some stuff but for us i found it was really helpful to clean out our stuff because it almost felt like the symbolic um cleaning out the physical felt like and that's felt like what we were doing internally as well as we were like getting cleaned out it's like all this junk was being coming to the surface through this liminal space and yeah so i don't know if that's helpful to you <laughs> that's something that we just found that kind of was helpful in this time oh yeah i mean it's it's interesting the integration of the spiritual and mental and physical, the internal and the kind of external clearing that stuff out is like mirrors clearing your soul out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Something else um, that we found interesting is um, just like the mystery of the whole liminal space thing that we've been talking about together is um, something we've like observed pastoring for, 19 years before this and walking alongside a whole lot of people is that like a coming to a liminal space which really is effectively coming to the end of a season or coming to the like a end transition of something that isn't working for you anymore um it does something strange to people and that there's a mystery that not everybody responds to that in the same way i think some people will hit like a liminal space specifically when the old thing doesn't work for them anymore and then i've seen people just like try to turn around and like retreat back into the old thing yeah, yeah. um and like double down like, on the run, old thing <laughs> run, retreat. <laughs> and they'll like 
they'll like uh, go back to it, even though I, I think they know subconsciously it doesn't work. Yeah. And like sometimes the pain of um, staying in something that isn't working is sometimes maybe less scary than the fear of stepping into the unknown, even if it relieves <laughs> that pain. Mm. And so you almost have to like double down subconsciously and like overly defend the thing that you know doesn't work. I I think a lot of like fundamentalist religious fervor comes from that, like defending a view of God that may not be working for you anymore. And they almost get like meaner and angrier and more defensive about it. But really they're just mad at themselves. They didn't stay true to themselves. What they like knew was going on deep down. Mm. I mean, which is kind of, I've I've retreated back at times when I've pushed up against the edge of something. Or, Or it's even sometimes like, I know what this is going to cost me to keep going, and I just can't pay that cost right now. Mm-hmm. Mm, you're like, mm, no thanks. I'm gonna Maybe hold- I'll look at that later. I'm going to talk about this in six months. I'll talk about this in a year. Mm. I'll deal with this when I'm more ready. Um, but then there's other people that are able and willing to leap into the unknown. But leaping into the unknown gets harder and harder the more that's on the line. Mm-hmm. And the older you get, because more is <laughs> on the line the older you get, right? <laughs> Kids. Yeah. Income, retirement. It is a thing. Insurance. I mean, that was all on the line for, for us, I know. It is. You know, That's it was still, a lot yeah, more all of factors it is. going um, on than when we were like 20. But there's like a power of um, the deep honesty and alignment and integrity of, of leaping. It's just a mystery of why and how it works itself out in people and how people respond differently to it. Yeah. Um, something else that we've observed is that the amount of liminal space in your life w- will just really vary. So like how much you will encounter. And I think everyone's going to experience natural transition, you know, whether it's like a move or suffering of some kind or death. Um, and obviously some people suffer more than others. Maybe it's just, you know, like we've all gone through this pandemic together. That's something none of us could avoid. Um But then also, I think it depends on how curious you are and how committed you are to pressing into growth and your own evolution. Richard Rohr says that every seven years, your old image of God stops working for you. And so I think some people lean into that. And then some people, like Phil said, like kind of run back in in maybe fear or maybe it's just being comfortable or whatever it is and kind of retreat back to the old. Yeah. I keep harping on this. (laughs) <laughs> with this big thing, the big transformation, the 500 year thing. I think it's, I think there's a much, much bigger space of liminality that's happening. And as people awaken to it, um, you're not awakening to like this new world that exists. I think you're awakening to a giant collective liminality and transition that just gives you different eyes to see what's going on. Um, which I, I I think is a little different than like a personal liminal space. I think a big societal shift like that um, is a slower, kind of takes more time kind of transition. I mean, even in light of um, racial justice and undoing the systemic um, racism that exists in our country, like it's like a slower process of people awakening to it and shifts that are happening and taking place, which is like a frustrating reality for a person like me that's wired for like, let's go. Instead, it's... It's like settling into the like liminal process of change and shift that happens that requires kind of a, a longer commitment in different eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, I think too, um, we've quoted this guy a few times in our conversation, but Richard Rohr in Falling Upward says that um, we don't often give tools for how to operate in darkness. 
um, usually only in the light, but he says the darkness is just a far better teacher. And um, I, I think it's that liminal space is what he's talking about. Like there's no theology for a liminal space. Like the mystics name it, St. John of the Cross calls it the dark night of the soul, this old mystical phrase. Um, like when you come to a death of some sort, especially if your faith doesn't work the same way for you anymore. Um, but often we don't have like the tools and the framework for it. Um, versus Jesus praises faith more than love. And he says, love's the goal, but to get there, we have to have faith to hold on to in our periods of darkness. And maybe those, those tools or that theology or that faith to sustain those liminal dark seasons is just simply knowing and trusting that this, this is part of the process of growth. It's normal and it's necessary. Maybe the tool is simply the normalization to experience it as it comes and let it be what it is, that there's something better on the other side and trusting that there is a resurrection. Because often there's like a hidden beauty in the liminal space. Because it's in the space, the liminality space that, that is the greatest potential for growth. But, but it can also be a greatest potential for misery, yeah. probably depending on how you lean into mm. it or not. Um, I once heard Roar say that you can't steer the river, you just gotta trust. Yeah, it's almost like you just have to it. go through it, you know? Yeah, you just got to trust that you're in it. Mm. It's like we have to feel it all and allow it to do its work, you know, to allow it to change us for the better. And then I think we can go back later and rename it and reframe it. And it's like you can, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You can mm -hmm. always see like, oh, that's what was happening in that time. And oh, that, that was actually so good for me. But yeah, I think just recognizing, oh, it's this is a liminal space. This is a transition that I'm in. That explains it. And then we can pay attention to it and know that it's going to pass. But but before it does, we can allow it to do its work in us, you know, and not just kind of um, deny it or try to avoid it. And I think that's yeah, absolutely where the greatest possibility for growth and tra transformation resides. You can't really choose it. You kind of just die into it. <laughs> Like you said, you know, and I think that's why the cross is the central metaphor of the scripture that we always come back to. Yeah, that you die into it and then trust there's a resurrection. Yeah, on the other side. Yeah, so what we're, I think what we're learning is that it's uh, much nicer and a whole lot more fun to hold it all really loosely and to trust that it's all going to be okay. That we're in the river, <laughs> that uh, we will be able to see clearly again. And when we look back, it's all going to make more sense. And the way things are right now is not necessarily how they're always going to be. And that um, as we've come to laugh and enjoy that, um, man, we've come to see each other fresh. We've come to see life fresh. We've come to see our kids fresh. Everything just feels like, I was telling Jen, it feels alive like it did in college. Like right before you graduate when you're like, we can do anything that fun mm -hmm. the aliveness like yeah. this like aliveness in our relationship um we're, i feel like we're starting to have the time of our lives and um we kind of stopped trying to steer the river and now we're just trusting that we're floating down it yeah and it, again you gotta grieve any goodness that that you've lost or that's passed but some you know because sometimes you're not leaving behind something because it's bad it's just change and change is you know the only constant in our lives and maybe you're in this liminal space right now maybe some people more than others. But I think this is just a little reminder that it's it's part of the process and it's good. Yeah. So now when you encounter 
a liminal space, know that while at first it's scary and hard and unknown, uh, you can actually be excited about it because you're you're on your way to the next level in your life, whatever that is, and you don't even know what it is yet, but at least you know that you're growing. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.